Oh, shit, tape heads. It is that time again to make us a mixtape. I am your host, Marty DeRosa. I am your other host, Paul Farvar. And we are here once again with one of our uh, our music insider friends. I feel like uh, if I was putting a, a crack staff together of music insiders, this would be the the hungry young music journalist that I would hire, and he's going to make some controversial. He's the guy from statements. Almost Famous. Yes, he's, he's going to make character. he's going to make some controversial statements. Uh, we might get canceled. One thing I like about him, he likes to call people trash or their music trash, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, he makes fun of people's hospital elevators. I mean, you know, you rich, goddamn it. <laughs> that voice you just heard is Jarrell Scott Barnes. Now, Jarrell. Uh, we were uh, messaging, getting him up into Paul's uh, layer. I don't even want to call it apartment. Or it's con- not. It's the a, podcast this office. A, this is a layer. This is and adjacent to my home. Here's how you know someone's good at uh, talking shit. Um, when <laughs> he messages us back on his way up, he's like, "Paul's got a hospital elevator," which is just like, "Fuck yeah, he does. He does have a. It hospital does have elevator. a. I've never thought of that. I've been here for almost twenty yeah. years. If so. you do a real good job, we bring you." Uh, like lunch, and it's on one of those hospital trays, like a brown, <laughs> a brown and yellow hospital tray with the with the cover with the silver cr- yeah. carafe. Uh, real quick before we get started, uh, PaulMartyMix at gmail.com If you have any questions and concerns about this podcast, uh, if Jarrell says anything that just uh, you know, the really, opinions of our really guests does not you. reflect any of our opinions. Uh, yeah, we are is... not responsible for the the comments and concerns and ma- statements made by any of the guests. Is there like a uh, uh, in the in the hip hop world, is there a, a word for like an edge lord? You know, somebody who's what's not a, that you are, not that you an are edge lord. Just somebody who's trying to be edgy on, oh, like, man, for the sake of being edgy. But is there like no? I just it's just being passionate about the art of hip hop. Yes, is what it is. Yes. You know, what I mean, just like how Stephen A. Smith could be sweating, yelling about LeBron, you yeah. could do the same about somebody that says Tupac wasn't a great rapper. You'd be like, you know what? What I, what are some uh, like? Like th- that one might be one of them as far as like the hot takes go. You I know? think right now the hot takes are just about, yeah, about Biggie and Tupac. Because there's a lot of rap, like you'll see Jay-Z, right? Jay-Z yeah. has been putting, I think he's got like what, 12, 13 albums right sure. now? Sure. And people are always putting Biggie and Tupac on the list. But Biggie and Tupac only had about a couple albums yeah. to even judge off yeah. of it. So now the conversation is kind of switching to, well, maybe Jay should be, you know, more, you know, um, should be number one more than anything. Who, who recently came out and said they were better? I, and I, so one thing I love about hip hop is it's very much like sports. Like mm-hmm. rarely uh, in uh, white people music do you get like a, I'm better than so and so. It happens in country music. They have like this Entertainer of the Year award. Really, shit gets talked about that. Um, it's always subtle. They don't like like the whole Jack Black and Black Keys. Yeah, uh, a rivalry isn't. It's mm-hmm. not out there right and, and a lot of times flashy too, there's not like we're better than that band there's it's it really is kind of like you don't really do that yeah. uh in rock at least but like uh in hip-hop like didn't uh lupe fiasco just say he's a better rapper than somebody yeah he said he's a better rapper than kendrick okay. but, I, but i'd be honest every rapper should feel that way every sure. rapper oh. You know, no, that's I'm like that's kidding. like uh, what they say in wrestling. I thought you were talking about. I thought you were shitting on Kendrick. You know, uh, everyone, no, no. every mean, rapper's no, better than. It, Kendrick. In wrestling, they're like, if you're not here to win the championship, why are you why here? Are you here? And right. if you're not here to be the best rapper, why are you here? But there is a thing with hip hop that I do like though. That it is, it is very. I don't know if it's like a conversation starter, but it is like, who's your top five? You know, like who who's the best? I think that's like. It's it's a fun part of hip hop that I enjoy. Yeah, and the the funny thing about top five is that like no matter. It got evolved because then when you say top five, then when you say top five of what? Sure. There's so many subgenres of hip hop. Hip hop is is very young compared to any other genre, but also it's so many genres that it's got from you have trap music, which is looked at differently than what you'll see East Coast music is and West Coast music and even Chicago music in general. Um, But my specific top five, uh, I don't even want to say because people get so pissed off. Sure. (laughs) Give Give a one controversial person in your top five. Uh, Drake is always going to be there. And what a, and what a, is the, the vibe on Drake? Well, the thing about Drake is people get upset just because he doesn't come from like a gritty, grimy area. He came from Canada. He was a fucking... We, just watched, a, we just watched the Drake tuna video. Yeah. If you haven't watched the Drake tuna sandwich <laughs> video, uh, I stumbled across it watching like some meme compilations. And it's Drake, who's we'll probably like link. he's probably like sixteen, eighteen in this video. Yeah, it had to be. And his Jewish, his white Jewish mother 
is uh, just got home from the store and didn't bring him a tuna sandwich, and he he's just not having it. He's very he's he's trying to be cool in front of the camera. I assume it was some reality show, maybe for like Fuse or Much Music, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, well, that was when he was on the show. Though, they right? were filming it. I don't know. I mean, he it, was, he's he. See, the thing about it is that when you look at who he is as an artist, he's transcended what a rap artist can do. And what I mean by that is that he introduced a lot of Americans to different cultures mm-hmm. of hip hop. Like that means like, hey, I'm going to go to the UK and make two songs with the hottest rapper there. Yeah. Now the UK is having a bigger look. Now, you know, there's a bigger market for me to even perform at because no other rappers have really embraced other countries. He even goes to Africa and does songs with WizKid, yeah. who is like one of the top artists in uh, Africa next to Burna Boy. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why haven't we, you know, become international? Like, why haven't we done that and brought those tunes to a lot of African-Americans and who didn't know how to see that music in that? Are, are the other are the other hip art artists are not embracing the world like he is or... Are there um, others there? I thought like Nas did or somebody did. Something well, like more that. Caribbean, okay, you know, like doing gotcha. like Damian Marley and stuff like that. That's stuff that we already That's reggae knew. stuff. Yeah, gotcha. but when I say that, like uh, African, like you know, Afro yeah. beats is really taking over now, and people and Drake is the one, for, you know, that did it. When you look at like One Dance, you know, or Controller, like he said, hey, you know, let's use some South African drums. This is a different type of snare. This is a different type of rhythm, like yeah. that you can actually dance to, and people really embrace that. You know, Paul Simon did the same thing. I'm sure <laughs> you're a big fan. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Graceland, 1987. Um, you weren't born yet. Another no. another part of, of <laughs> hip hop that I I am fascinated by uh, is the idea of like who won a song. So you have like three different rappers on a song, and it's like whose appearance on that song was like who won that. And I because I, I was in a we I talked did a about that trip. on the episode. Yeah, I did a Flanagan. road trip with some comics, and it was just like no, 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 so and so won this song, or so and so won this song, mm-hmm. and I had no idea. It was just like. Oh shit! Yeah, you get judged on, on like how great you yeah. did on it instead of just like, no, we all grouped together to do the song. It's like, no, 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 make no mistake about it. Like Nicki Minaj won this song. <laughs> it's like I love that. You talking about the monster song? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Even even Kanye said when they recorded the song, him and Jay had a conversation on like, should we let this yeah. song out? And Kanye was the one to convince Jay Z to say, hey man, like this verse and how this set up yeah. it should be seen by people or heard by people. Excuse me. It's pro- is it probably like an insecure look if you like, let's say I'm putting out a song and I have you and Paul on it, mm-hmm. and and like afterwards everyone's like, wow, oh, fuck, Jarrell like just smoked them both on that. And then like when I put it out, I have this like whole different. You know, yeah. a whole different part, and you're like, that's not what you did that day. <laughs> like, I think that's like such a. I wonder if that happens. Yeah, because it, 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 to be honest with you, like when it came to female, because right now female rap is running hip hop right now. We look at Cardi Absolutely. B, Meg, The Dude. Stallion, Rhapsody. Like when it all got started with Nicki, like I mean, yeah, give give like Lil Kim the 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 look, give Foxy Brown the look. Sure. But when Nicki Minaj came on, Monster give Foxy and Brown saw- her old look back. <laughs> she came back on not song, but like when, when who got who got all the plastic surgery? Was it? I'll say Nicki Minaj more. No, 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 no. Was it Little Little Kim or Foxy Brown? Little Who? Kim. Oh, Little Kim. I think it was. Not as much of. She had a reason to do plastic surgery. Oh, which okay. is really, really sad. Okay. But when oh, it came. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. God, Marty. <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. I, I, I got you. I got you. Because there's going. If anybody. Oh no. <laughs> But Canceled. Uh, Fucking it. Marty. I blew it. I told you we shouldn't do a hip hop episode. out my comfort zone a when little bit. When Black Twitter finds this. <laughs> no, nah, you're good. You're good. You're good. But now with Nicki Minaj, she was like very openly like open about, you know, having plastic surgery, which is totally yeah. fine. If you want to go to Absolutely. Columbia, get, hey, you know, get a little butt, deal. Butt's done. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. But, it, you know, uh, with, but when Nicki got on Monster, she did that verse. Hip hop stopped for a second and was like, yo, you know. Females are here now, yeah. spitting, doing real. Jay Z at that. Jay Z is God. You, yeah. she won up, and then that's where all all of them just really start taking over hip hop. It was a slow build, but right is now, it, are we at the point yet where you might be too young to remember this? But like when Nirvana was the biggest band, every Nirvana sounding band got signed. Yeah, is it like every female hip hop artist right now is like there's a an arms race like every record label's grabbing as many as they can. They're trying to they're trying to transition you know somebody who's popping on Instagram kind of yeah. like the oh, high, that's right yeah oh, TikTok TikTok too. and Instagram yeah, are like the new ways to break music because Cardi kind of she got popping from doing these hilarious TikTok videos yeah not TikTok uh, Instagram videos yeah. and then she was also like kind of stripping and then she was already around the rap community because yeah. the rap community breeds you know the strip club music yeah. anthems. 
Uh, so then when she got on Love and Hip Hop, they just transitioned her to a song. It got popping, and then she's been on top ever since. But everyone, what I really love about, I hate saying female rap because it's dismissive, but uh, women rappers, they have their own particular style. Like yeah. Meg, Megan Thee Stallion embodies Houston. That's that's one of the beautiful things about hip hop is that every state has a different sound. Regionally. So I, pl- I could play you somebody, and you could be like, mm, that's probably like Atlanta, yeah. this area. Yeah. I yeah. like that. Yeah, Chicago, when they did dr- when we did drill music, it changed yeah. the course of what gangster rap is, the sound of it. Like I know a lot of times we were very scared about like what— East Coast, West Coast. Yeah, it was East Coast, West Coast, but like in terms of like Chicago, it was a very— at the time, like the early 2010s, it was a, very, it was a lot of— gangs it was a lot of sure. shootings like and it all took place on twitter you know mm-hmm. for most of the time you know just with beefing back and forth and a wow. lot of people died and couldn't make it like r.i.p young um young pappy you know uh jojo all these people like they died in a in the attempt to be a rapper yeah honestly a whole nother aspect like you know with with that goes into uh hip-hop music which is just like Oh yeah, then they're also like living lives that put themselves at risk in certain areas of the country and everything like that. And it's like I don't look at it like that. I think you already in a situation where it's like, if I wasn't doing this, I, I, it's nothing else I can do. Yeah. Honestly, like it's a lot of times like because you know growing up on the South Side of Chicago is a lot of it wasn't that many options. Mm-hmm. So in terms of somebody you know being in gangster rap and doing it, their mentality is like I got to get it or it's nothing else. Yeah, you and know? that and that's another thing with Drake how he was able to penetrate hip-hop being a child star yeah. of wealthy means like that's that's well, takes a lot that's like a, a big feather in his cap to have gotten to that level well he was kanye's baby kanye yeah. inspired a lot of people when i was young i was thinking that hip-hop itself was only gangster rap and then kanye came through with just a pink polo and a book bag and yeah. said that you're great and we could talk about other things and that's why it's really hard for us to kind of grasp what Kanye is now because you you know you can't tell somebody when you're a kid like you could really be somebody mm-hmm. you are great you know what I'm saying like it's okay to be embrace your flaws you know what I mean and, and, and go on TV and say George Bush doesn't like black people then yeah. it's like you're here in my heart for and, yeah and then he, when he put he the was hat a hero on, to me when he said that <laughs> yeah and I'm, I'm sure Mike Myers Mike Myers <laughs> still too, to yeah. this day yeah. Mike Myers is like I want to keep my money so fun. <laughs> well wait when you were talking about like 2010 when the, those rappers were in Chicago, that sound. Where? Mm-hmm. What were you? Do, did you know these people like that were trying to become rappers because they were from the neighborhood, or like they were just like local heroes, or how did that work? Yeah, because when I was growing up, all of my friends were producers. I was the oh, eyeball okay. that was like, I'm really good at making people laugh in that community. So it was like a lot of times I would go to the sessions, the music sessions, just to smoke weed. But then rappers would come in. That you looked up to or that you listened to? Some of them that I looked up to, some of them I I even heard before and was just like, oh, you're great. Because a lot of times in Chicago, like, there's certain musics for certain neighborhoods. You know what I mean? And I don't want to say too much about it, but, like, certain neighborhoods have their own rappers that represent their block, their neighborhood, and what their affiliations are. Uh, So when people are beefing and stuff like that, there's... uh, Should I tell this one story? Like, there (laughs) was... There was one situation where it was like a rapper got upset with another rapper and they were going back on Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say any names. Sure. And then it got to a point where a rapper was just like, hey, on Twitter, hey, where you at, bitch? And then two, maybe three hours later, he got shot and died. Oh. Uh, what wow. was this downtown recently? No, this was oh, okay. this was way, oh, way okay. back in the day. I was wearing okay. like fucking four It still happens. So yeah. <laughs> that, it was recently. That's a oh, recent you're, talking about, you're talking about Duck. Yeah, yeah that was some, yeah. that was some street shit. Um, but this particular guy, when he died, he was like maybe 14, 15 years old, but wow. he, but he was very, uh, outspoken, gang, outspoken. Yeah. Um, so me and my friends, we was playing basketball and it was a funeral home down, like literally like down the street from us. Um, they had his funeral down there and then these particular people who was like the opposite, like the ops basically came mm-hmm. to that funeral and kicked his casket over. And it was Holy like a whole fucking, and me and my friends, <laughs> and you saw my, it? Yeah. Me and my friends. They don't even like, do that in wrestling. Yeah. Like if triple H did that, it'd be like, Oh my God, he did that. Yeah. And then it was like, well, a actually whole they did brawl. That. we ran, like we ran back in our inside and played Halo, like some bitches. Yeah. Cause we didn't want to really get into it. But yeah. Was that there mean, shots fired too and stuff too, or just it was, brawl. it was like two, but everybody kind of got Freaked away. But I don't, want people to think chicago rap no. is just yeah. about right. the violence it's just that when you look at the south side it, when i when i got up north and i realized how much of a community chicago can be mm-hmm. as opposed to how much it is on the south side i realized oh shit they just didn't give a fuck about us yeah and when you have that realization you realize like oh a lot of the opportunities that you take for granted 
is different down there. So your your options are different. The way the moves yeah. you make is different. Sure. You might want to scam a little bit just so you can get normal. You know what I'm saying? You might want to like you know sell something yeah. to be normal. Then so. you can have a hospital elevator. And then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like, and people don't, and when people look at Chicago music, they got really mad. Like, Chief, he can't even come back to Chicago because he has so many warrants. So he has to live in L.A. He can't even come back to the city that made him. Wow. You know, um, they they declared Chief Keith and everybody in GBE terrorists to Chicago. Yeah. Mayor, you know, it was a Mayor Dillard, Rahm Emanuel. Like, they called him terrorists to their own city. But it's they St. Clown Posse as well. Where they, <laughs> they were, they were yeah, but just imagine no. being a kid. I know. And you, you got something. And they call you a terrorist. So it's like, but when you look at it, New York stole that sound now. When you look at Pop Smoke, RIP Pop Smoke, and 504, and New York took that drill sound and made it different. And, you know. Are they still producing new music from Tupac? Has it finally slowed down? I remember I think, after he died, there was always Tupac albums. I think it was a lot of, uh, I think right now, I think, because look at like what they did with Michael Jackson. Like yeah. they, It's a lot of people just want to be like, oh, I did a song with Michael Jackson, put him on an album and stuff like that. Like, I really love the Biggie duets I, with P. Diddy did, but it's just not the same. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you want the artist to be there performing it. And it's just like, I think after a while, they were just like, let's just leave these verses alone. All right. Uh, we mentioned him earlier, the uh, tuna tuna sandwich man, Drake. Uh, yeah, was your first song. Uh, let's get into this, and then we'll talk a little bit more about your mix. Here is Drake with, uh, what, how do we say this? Medita Rhythm? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just did it real fast. Like I'm bringing up somebody on stage, and I don't know how to say their name. I feel like with Drake's songs, when he first pops in, he has that sing-songy voice that all the songs kind of sound the same with. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. I mean, they all sound good, and they're both like, he's got like a, it's a, it's a catchy voice or the the way he does his inflictions. But I just like the way that he addresses like social things and. Like, really, honestly, if you think about the quarantine, like, even my girlfriend would be like, yo, I cut off so many fucking people during this quarantine. Yeah. Just because you realize, like, how negative certain people Energy, are. yeah. And then it's like, and, and for people, listen, not the white people that be like, oh, my best friend Derek is racist. I had to block him on Twitter. Like, no, you just are a horrible judge of character. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But I mean, like, people that realize, like, oh, you're here for a certain reason or you you're here just to down me or something like that you know i mean everybody has those 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 issues in their life but it's frenemies we call haters haters haters, somebody that just makes sure like everybody had that one friend that just always shit on you in public just because they like oh you're my friend so i'm just gonna shit on you in front of important people or whatever and i think that drake always navigates those little awkwardness in the in in the, in the moment, and I think that is what makes them so great because it's like nobody talks about that. Nobody talks about like, yo, I don't know if this dude's my friend. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or, or just having distance between people and letting people know that. So I think it's a good rhythm to have during the quarantine because people are realizing a lot about their their social. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a lot of times where people would be like, yo, I got to get away from negative people. Like I deleted Facebook you know three months ago and i feel like amazing i'm like oh jesus christ well they say that the your influence is you're you're the person you're with the five most people that you're around or you have contact Mm -hmm. with so if you have one negative person or one person that's doubting you all the time or five people that are doubting you that's gonna fuck you over it's gonna fuck and mentally you start to think like that's okay for people to treat you that way yeah you know what i mean like on a certain level especially young people too or just even just or older people like you just gotta be like Marty something. over here, this older guy, <laughs> this boomer. <laughs> no, but I mean, like that. Let's that, be real. Like sure. that. That's why we fuck with Drake because he he'll be able to talk about those things that make people feel like and this insecure. song. And that's what he and does here, exactly in that song. You know, uh, there's a line that he said where it's like, "I seen men uh, turn fool for the money." one time and that's just like yo when you get something or when you build something you start to see people's real intentions you know what i mean are so, these are these hip-hop artists putting out full albums or just kind of singles um on that particular song this was a mix that he made so drake would throw house parties okay and what he was very influenced by was uk drill which stemmed from chicago yeah. which uk embraced so the shit that chief keep did came international interesting right and uh so drake really embraced the uk drill and uh 
uh, South African house music, and he basically made a mix. So everything that he played at his house with all the celebrities, he basically put on the album and gave it to us. And um, that song you just heard was one of them. When you when you say that you cause obviously you listen to the lyrics on this stuff, are you do you consider yourself on all these songs that you put on this list? Are they lyric? The are the lyrics are what catch you, what gets you interested originally, or the beats, or both, or what? I really like when you tell a story. Gotcha. I really, really love when you tell a story or just something that people should hear. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's what hip hop really is. We started from just about how it's spoken word. You know what I mean? So if you're not saying something that makes me just stop and like be like, oh, fuck, I'm just glad that I heard this. You know what I mean? Like, that's what really connects with me. Just like when we, we all do comedy. Like, if we have a joke where, and Marty, I've seen you do this too, where you, like, do a story and the crowd is, like, quiet. You could just... Oh, thanks. Like, you ever seen, like, a crowd so quiet you they can hear listen. it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you, they so invested in the story. And then when you hit the punchline, they going crazy. Mm-hmm. Or when you tell a story about, yeah, like, uh, uh, a turn, they just like, oh, shit, this is crazy. Like, when you take somebody outside of what... Uh, the social setting is. Mm-hmm. I think that is a true art, and that's what kind of these cool. five songs are to me. Yeah, very cool. Um, and then, as far as like, uh, so with, uh, I like country music, and, mm-hmm. but I like good country music. I don't <laughs> like bad country music. There's bad country music. I learned a difference recently too. Trust me. So I it's like all of it was like bad. Uh, like songs of they call it like boyfriend country. Uh, which is all corporate like country, court, yeah, or like, or uh, you know, it's just like it's just bad, you know, it's just cheesy, it's just bad. Is there any uh, sort of like genre or segment of hip hop where you're just like, this is just like you're just trying to cr- grab cash, and it's like this is so manufactured, and like get out of here. Um, the littles, the little waves. I'm, and it's not disrespect to Yachty or something. This is more like Lil Peep and. Uh, you know, those type of rappers. There are rappers that are just manufactured. Uh, Post Malone, to me, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, where you don't really... And it's not a diss to them. I know they're great performers, but yeah. I think that the label puts them in a position to do things that I don't think they're okay with. Do you, do you feel... It's so like in wrestling, where it's called a push. Like, if we're just yeah. like, we just signed Jarrell, we're going to fucking push him to the moon. Yeah. Do you feel that? And is there kind of like a, uh, like, we don't like... Like, you don't want to be told, like, this is the this is the guy or this is the girl. You got to listen to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I've said things about Eminem as far as, you know, record or albums, at least. But the one thing I like about Eminem is that they tried to push him to be, you know, like the top rapper. But he always maintained a level of being like, no, I'm a guest in hip hop. Yeah. And that's what I really loved him for. You know what I mean? So... With these little rappers, they let them do whatever, just do antics, you know, like 6 9 let them fucking go yeah. on Instagram, do disrespectful shit, you know what I mean? And they just as long as you're giving us the, the recoup of what we did yeah. on our yeah. investment, we don't give a fuck what you do. Eventually with 6 9 yeah. he's going to go somewhere, <laughs> right, and get taken out? Yeah, is it his, How is he still alive? Well, his sales just declined. Oh, he's done. For his last album. <laughs> he's not protecting he him. He can't afford that security detail. He's done. And then he said that he overdosed on like caffeine and something else, and he got hospitalized, and oh, we haven't seen him brother. since. But to have the security he has costs money every fucking day. Sure. You Does, know what I mean? Didn't they give him a witness protection or some shit? No. That's, no. Not, that's not going to help. What are you gonna, how are we going to hide him? I don't know. There was a, he has went, work at Starbucks in, in <laughs> North Dakota? <laughs> In the midst of quarantine, he just got out of jail. He did a vi- uh, Instagram video where he's just like on a balcony in, I think, uh, uh, the Hamptons. Yeah. And he's uh, <laughs> he's like doing an Instagram video like, yeah, I'm out. I'm out. I'm the man. And this little white girl was on TikTok. This shit was hilarious. She was just like, why is 6 9 right here yeah. in my house? Like security guards immediately got him out the house. <laughs> There's a lot of like he'll be like, I'm in Chicago. Chicago loves me, and he'll be like walking down the street, and then he'll like jump in his car and leave. It's almost like Trump <laughs> at the church. Yeah, it's yeah. very, it's very it was political. Very, it feels very like a, a political move. It was disgusting what he did because Six Nine will go and antagonize Chicago rappers, and if it's one series of rappers that have lost friends, family, and stuff like that, it's Chicago rappers. And what Six Nine did before he dropped this album, which was disgusting as fuck to me, is that he went. There was a vigil for Little Dirk. He's a Chicago rapper. He used to be with like uh, OTF. Um, his his I think his cousin got slain, and he went all the way to I think sixty third or something. And it was like a vigil outside for him. Like they just had like a picture of him, like you know balloons and shit. And he went to that vigil and just mocked fuck. out of there. And then it was just like on but, Instagram, on Instagram. Wow. But this has been recurring in yeah. it's been recurring in the media. I feel like they, one day if, you know, somebody does, you know, kill him or whatever, uh, 
there will be people who will be like, well, you know, you took a lot of chances. <laughs> like, it's not like it's going to be like, oh, I didn't see that coming at all. You, it people, seems like, is he on like death pools and stuff? Is there like, people are like, this guy can't make it forever. He's, pol- he's, he's police. So it's uh, like, at the end of the day, he's so connected. When he's walking around Chicago, people moved around. Like, yeah. they got away because it's yeah. like, I'm not going to fuck up what I have. Mm-hmm. And we know that what the perception of the media makes these young guys look so demonic. Yeah. When it's really not that, it's just that they needed guidance. That's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Makes and sense. then they just kept doing it. You know? Also, when are we going to get uh, little kid rappers again? We haven't <laughs> had since another big Chris creation Cross. and crisscross. Where's the little kid rappers? Yeah. I, need, I need I need some little kid rappers. <laughs> Did we really like it? I don't, I don't know. know. Did we fucking like the little rappers? You know? I don't know. It was the pop scene, really. Yeah. It was the pop. All right, let's get into your next song here. Uh, this is CRS with Us Placers. Yeah, one thing I want to say about that. Hold song. on. Oh, here we go. Oh, we got it. Cool. Where's my volume? There we go. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. God damn it. SoundCloud can. <laughs> Lifestyles of the rich and famous Bought a big house and a whole lot of ranges A fresh new couch and a whole lot of trainers A closet full of clothes and some brand new dangers And some Mexican floral arrangers A great big TV that'll entertain us Some colorful commissions from some high paid painters Someone to take the rap so that I stay stainless And all right, Joel, tell us who is involved in this, uh, this, so this, this project here. Us Placers, CRS, yeah. Yeah, CRS is uh, Child Rebel Soldiers. Back in the early 2000s when Kanye first dropped his album, um, him, Pharrell, and Lupe wanted to make a super group in hip-hop called, um, again, Child Rebel Soldiers. They did one song. Now, everybody was freaking out because it's like all these great artists coming together to do a, an album is going to be it would tear down the industry just as far as like Pharrell, amazing producer. Kanye, right. amazing producer. Lupe, amazing lyricist. What the fuck would this album sound like? And then we got this song, um, not even on DSP. So the people that's listening, that's interested in listening to this song, this is like lives only on YouTube and SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Yeah, we couldn't put, we couldn't get yeah. it on anything. And that's why, I, that's why I love about hip. Uh, one thing about hip hop that people think is that it all exists on DSP. Yeah. There's a lot of songs that are on SoundCloud or on like that Piff that uses samples that couldn't be cleared. Yeah. So what you're looking through is a library of these like hidden gems. There's like millions of these shits is out there. Um, but to go back into that particular song. Us Place is the reason why I like it so much because it talks about certain things. Again, the story that I was saying. Um, Lupe talks about being famous. Now, this is people that just started to hide their career. And mm-hmm. in, his, in, his, um, in his first verse, he talks about everything that he has. You know what I'm saying? I got paintings, million-dollar paintings. I got, you know, speedboats. I got a, a, a supermodel girlfriend, but it, it, I still feel pain. Mm-hmm. And it was like holy shit like you know me st- i started comedy when i was like 16 you know what i mean i was thinking like i was always told my friends like man when we get on man we gonna have man we gonna we gonna have everything i'm gonna have 20 cars you know what i'm saying i'm gonna buy a mcdonald's hospital <laughs> elevator <laughs> hospital elevators <laughs> a fucking fireplace you know like you know just shit that that we really thought about and then when i heard this song it was just like oh i can i can have everything but i can still have an issue yeah you know what i mean that's and, like people move like people who will be like yeah, I'm gonna move to like Arizona. I think it's gonna be real. It's like well, you're still gonna have your dumb brain with you, and you're gonna have to deal. <laughs> yeah, with no matter what you stuff. do, it's yeah. the same I was the guy who moved to Arizona. By the way, that's yeah. Me the it, it just don't <laughs> remove whatever was your issue in sure. the first place. You sure. know what I mean? Because a lot of times we're performers, so we think about ourselves mentally second. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Then once we get it, and then we get accomplished in what we do, then we start addressing the things and be like I like to call it like be a human. You know? Yeah. Um. And then what I really loved about the record is that Kanye came in in a second verse in the inverse. So he was like, lifestyles of the broken famous. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, what is this going to be about? And he was talking about the people that almost got fame that just tanked. Like, think of these child stars that was like right here. Right, yeah. Well, in the, you know, at the top of their game and then just failed two seconds later. It was it was a line on that song that I, I, I think about all the time. It was just like, uh, he said, uh, after MTV, that's a real world challenge. That's great. What and a I, lyric. <laughs> and Fuck, was, what a lyric. Yeah, right? And I was just like, holy shit, like, you know, what do you do when you almost get famous? Everybody talk about like, man, whatever happened to the MTV deal you did? Yeah. Because they don't even look at you as a person anymore. They just look at what that's you what did. That's what defines you, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like a one-hit wonder in rock or whatever where it's like all, everyone only remembers that. And and you can have a you can have the fastest ho- hospital elevator, but it's not going to change anything. Yeah, like nobody talks about the journey to be famous, and that really defined how I moved as far as like business and stuff like that. Because 
um, people just think being famous is just hopping like, oh, I got to go straight to the industry. And it's yeah. like, oh, there's a lot of people in the industry that will fuck you over, too. Sure. Like, think about all these people that does reality TV. These were actors. These were people that was trying to get in the industry anyway, but couldn't. So they just fucking went on um, Love is Blind or The Bachelor. Like, I feel bad for the people that really get heat for what they do on TV because those people are just acting a role and these producers are just telling them what to they're do. Creating not, their, they're creating a reality for the reality yeah, show. These, these are not normal people. These are people that would have been famous, but they couldn't. Mm-hmm. And that's just where they existed. So it's like, what do, what do they labs go? What do they do afterwards? And, like, what pain do they got to carry for the rest of their life? Like, I've seen... And done shows with people, like, we all have done shows with people who was, like, a one-hit wonder sure. comedically. We don't have to name them, of course. But it's like, you know, they're very bitter when you meet them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You sure. know that bitter comic that, that had it but lost it, and then they hate everybody, and they're like, yo, don't do better than me when you go on stage. Yeah. I want you, don't do all that top jokes. Don't do my material. No crowd work. Yeah. Yeah, don't do my <laughs> subjects when I go up there and stuff. They have all these insane uh-huh. rules just to get that yeah. that power that and they And you can tell had. the more insecure the comic by the more notes they give you yeah. of what they want you, what you can and can't do and stuff like that, for sure. Yeah, like, like I hate the way that the industry makes people feel. Like, I see people that, that even think like this, this Chicago scene is like the popularity contest. Yeah. And then I, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to sub anybody or anything like that, but I just, I hate the, I hate the the way that it it changes who you are when I see the beauty in what you do already. Well, don't one, fucking change. Since you know, I've been uh, one of the things you notice when you start doing comedy, and I'm sure it's the same way in hip hop and, and any form of music. It's like when people first come in, they're very nice, very polite, Man. very like, wow, okay, cool. <laughs> and then it's like as they start to, because it's like I, I'll read, I've read like a gazillion self help books, and one of the studies they always talk about in self help books is this study they did where whether you won the lottery or became a paraplegic, you're the same. Your level of happiness is the same as it mm-hmm. was normally. Like money or this tragedy, you're still going to be who you were and, and feel that sort of same level of um, mm-hmm. happiness, sadness, whatever. And it is that thing too. It's like, yeah, you can get all this money and all this fame and stuff. I mean, it's like a show. You can never show and do great. and yeah. You get a standing ovation and oh, wow. And then you go back to your shitty hotel room and you're just like, <sighs> you well, here we are. Yeah. yeah. And that's what happened with me in quarantine. I was I was not exactly like that, but I was in quarantine. I just didn't have a, anybody to perform in front of and I addressed myself for the first time since oh, I was like 16. All yeah. of us did, yeah. yeah. And I was just like, "Holy shit." Cuz like my whole goal in life was really to to make it. When I woke up in the morning, what can I do comedy-wise? I sent this email out. Did I did I talk to my manager? Right, everything. Did I do the script right? Do I have any errors in the script? Like I didn't have time to actually be like, "Hey, Jarrell, how you doing?" Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then how much I closed myself off, even with my girlfriend. Like, she didn't even see certain sides of me, you know what I'm saying, to the quarantine. So uh, that song, when you really listen to it, it really, like, breaks down. And it's for any creative or anybody that's, like, even in working class. Like, when you go into any industry, you start to see people's intentions change. And it's, it's sad or it's just, like, or whatever your situation is, it gets kind of sad. But just acknowledging that makes you better. There you yeah. go. Uh, let's hit to our next song here. It's Kendrick Lamar with Untitled 4814. We'll explain all that after this. They say the government misleads the you, 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 you. And welfare don't mean wealth for you, 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 you. They tell me that my bills pass. Do, 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 We'll jump back into that song. Yeah. And it sort of picks up a little bit. I don't it kind of just stays like that. On our hands here. It's very, it's very spoken word. Um, that song, but the reason I, I chose that, it was another one too that I had on that album where it was, it was when Pimp a Butterfly dropped. Yeah, and it was so good. That's like my favorite. I, I love that album. It was so great. And this was like the Lucy's that he had on Untitled. So it just really mm-hmm. showed off the jazz that he wanted to put in there in the new wave. Like I really love Terrence Martin and how he really kind of gave that bebop uh like jazz feel 
um, and then transition into hip hop. Like I really like the with hip hop. I really feel like is the crossovers. Yeah. Like everybody, like you know, when you look at like when Run DMC was with Aerosmith. Hey. Like at diggable the, diggable planets, cool like that. <laughs> yeah. I thought like, oh shit, these guys are gonna be around forever. Yeah. Or when Kanye brought in Daft Punk and put the dance music in there, and I think that that was a, a I think hip hop really didn't embrace jazz until uh, Pimple Butterfly came in there, and then just talking about a a journey of like. The imposter syndrome. I don't know if anybody ever heard of that, but it's like a lot of rappers go through this where it's like I've done things, I've seen things, and then I get into this world where they're giving me a million dollars every fucking day. Yeah. Who am I? When is this going to run out? And I well, go back to section eight. But also, too, it's like you, you, when you are dang, money's dangled, but then it's like, oh, but you have to do, you know, uh, a song with so-and-so you know what i mean and it's like oh fuck do i want to do that song well here you know and then you got to do that you know it's almost like you know uh doing a a show for like little to no pay you're like well but i get to open for that person and Mm -hmm. their audience will get to see me or blah blah blah. and with with some of these when it's like oh we'll have like you know uh a a little you know a, a segment of the song where a rapper can come in and just do you know 30 seconds and then boom they're out and it's like you can do that, but then there's a whole lot of strings that come with that. Yeah, I think I think the so to your point, I remember I was uh, in a casting office. I don't want to say it because I don't want them to be like, "Hey, we heard you on Paul's podcast." Shit, no, they don't listen. This is this is Marty's podcast. <laughs> Marty, Marty's podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Marty, I don't and, know. and then uh, no, because you know Paul got all the rich friends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Marty, you with me, like we I'm in the, the, we man in the, the trenches. People. Yeah, I'm oh, the man of the please. People. You know, Marty be sitting with the mayors. And Marty's shit. from Indiana. Don't side with him. I don't. I. He's from Indiana, <laughs> and he listens to country. We're closer. We're listen, closer in color than Mar- Marty's. The the white I devil. Transcend, I transcend color, Paul. You don't understand that. I transcend color. Anyway, what how has there never been that? a huge like the biggest rap? How Gary has Gary not produced like a huge rapper he's actually produced one freddie gibbs he's okay. from he's from gary i've heard that exactly okay. freddie gibbs we had a- will skrilla back in the day but uh nothing <laughs> well tell us the story like about the, the casting oh yeah, the, sorry sorry the casting, cool. um white devil stopped you though. i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes down well i went to a casting office and it was for chicago pd you yeah. know we we've done oh, yeah, auditions yeah, and for this particular role it i've was- like seen you at those where you're there for like <laughs> lovecraft country and i'm there for like a Dad who spilled his lunch on his fucking <laughs> yeah. coal, on his Coles pants or something. The reason I hate it because they keep giving me roles where it's like I'm a light skinned dude with green eyes. Yeah. I'm not gonna fit the description of a scary black man to mm-hmm. y'all. You know what I'm saying? You wasted my time being there. And I remember this this specific moment because it was so crucial to me. Um, I go there. I really want to get this gig because I'm like, if I get on TV, I know it's gonna be good. My my manager said I need to be on TV. I mm-hmm. need to make this happen. And I go up there. It's maybe like eight o'clock, right? And I'm this is for a thug role, thug number one, right? And I'm sitting down, and I'm going over the sass that they gave me. I printed them out and shit, and I'm just going over it like I'm like, I gotta, I gotta get this, I gotta get this, I gotta, I gotta get, I gotta do this. And I'm, I see these people, you know, people that are auditioning for the same yeah. role as me, and yeah. it's these kids, it's all black kids, but they like, you know, I could, t- you know, it's something about being in the hood where you can understand if you're not from the hood or not, like just from the vibes that's given. Yeah, I knew these, all these kids was from the suburbs. And these kids are like dressed up like, you know, they got like Tupac headbands, oh, like just overdoing oh. it and shit. There's just, nothing cheesier than sellouts. when people dress up too yeah. much like the part they're auditioning for. Yeah, and it's like you overdoing it. It's mm-hmm. like, man, like, I, you know, I, I was sitting there. I was like, yo, I'm probably the only dude from the hood here. And then I remember my friend Max, um, we weren't as close, but this was the reason why I would always fuck with Max. Um, because he came over. We only met once at like a show. And then he came over. He's like, hey, Drew, how you doing, man? I'm like, man, I just want to make sure I get this role. And he was just like, man, he's like, don't be stressed over that, man. They just looking for niggas. And he just said, loud <laughs> as hell. And I remember that. And it was so symbolic because it was just like, that's all they looking for. Yeah. That's all they looking for is just that if I can portray the stereotype that make white people watch it on the, for some Nielsen ratings. Yeah. That's all it is. Because someone, when they wrote that, had an idea of what they wanted. Exactly. Because it's in the sides. It's in the like description of, you know. I always joke around because I get these like, He's not fat. He's not skinny. He's not handsome. He's not ugly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they cool, tell, man, they tell you. you. Ethically ambiguous yeah. is what I get. Yeah, yeah, and they tell you what box you have to fit in, and it's just a really a waste of your time. And and I and I felt so bad for the the kids that was in there because they you know they just fucking DePaul graduates. They just yeah. went through the theater school and they just want to fucking shy. So they have to overdo this just to get their first fucking role. And it's yeah. not like they so could they be get like, their SAG card and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and and they just have to go through and I, what I call like the fucking chilling circuit. Yeah. I know things are a little bit better now than that 
that time, but it's like it's, it's a not, new version. It's, it's still progress that needs to be made. Yeah. So when I look at that, when I when I look at that song and what uh, Kendrick was trying to say was just getting outside of that box. And when he did, and I, my my theory, I can't say it's correct, but when he started doing songs with like Taylor Swift, trying to get into the pop lane, yeah, he kind of lost his mind just as far as like what the media and what everybody wanted him to do. And then um, he went through that journey and that song you see, uh, what you hear untitled. is kind of untitled. It kind of was, you know, explaining that and where we come from and how we need to kind of love ourselves. And uh, it's okay to take a chance on yourself. There you go. Well, take a, speaking of taking chances. Wow. <laughs> Paul with oh, the fucking segue. Can I, can I say something before just to lead yeah. that song and let just so people can really sure. fuck with it? Uh I I said this probably fifty times during this podcast, but growing up on the South Side, one of the things that we did, and I don't know Paul if you know or Marty if you know, but um, we did these things called juke. Yeah, juke. we had juke jams. Yeah. I don't know if y'all ever heard of that. I, I have, yeah. So, Only because a friend of mine is a as a rapper and he had a song called Juke, and I had to learn what it was. <laughs> yeah. So while we were kids, like while my puberty, Austin Fillmore, puberty was coming, like I, they would have these juke parties, and it would be girls. It would just be girls. It'd be dudes and stuff. I had like five XYTs on and shit. And it was this particular place called the Rink. Um, and this is where you would skate, and then but there was a place where you could, you know, juke and have parties. Think about for white people that's listening, think of Dirty Dance, and they got it from us. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's what it was, and yeah. it was just like you, you would see a girl, it would be a stranger, a girl you know, a girl you seen at school, but whatever it is, but you would, you know, you would, you would hear like Chris Brown, take it down, come on, it was just like, and everybody, the vibe would change, because mm-hmm. you just want to dance with some girl, and this girl would come over to be a fucking stranger, and y'all would dance with each other, and you were whatever idea that you wanted to be during that song, I mean, when you dance, you were just one, you had to look cool, you had to do it, and when you hear that song, he kind of captured it. Alright, let's play a little of Juke Jam. Juke Jam, Chance Forever. <laughs> Featuring Justin Bieber in Tokyo. We'll get into the Bieber thing in a second here. I have questions. Like this Has Chance ever been at a show you done? used to roll at the rink. Yeah. used to roll at the rink. I used to talk way too much. You used to know everything. You couldn't stand me. I couldn't stand you. You said I'm steady playing. But you steady playing too. Your big brother footwork. So good, man. It, it really I makes me, it makes me feel about when Chicago was all about parties. That's when, cool. When That's we great. went down to the parties, like I remember, when I used to go to. This, it was a club for teens. <laughs> On '87, it was called Mr. G's. Uh, before it got burned down, we used to have a lot of parties in there, and uh, you used to you you really saw like all the Chicago rap, and when you guys were referring to like local and stuff. If you had a, a song that was popping at a juke party, it made people go crazy. And it was no cell phones at the time. So you could really do whatever. Not in a negative way, but it was just like, I think our us as a generation is the last one's going to remember just freely doing what you want. Not to oh, worry about a camera. Let me, let me tell you, you, yeah. guys, you guys have never been to a, a, a wedding with all white people. <laughs> I mean, it gets fucking uh, embarrassing and wild. Like... I, that's the thing that I think is just such a like God like racist people. It's like don't like not being racist, but just shit they do or just shit like yeah. white trash shit. It's just like you act like you're at a all white person wedding. Like sometimes I'll see these like bachelorette parties and it's like you act like you're at an all white person wedding. Like what are you doing? Yeah, because embarrassing. I, yeah, because we, we stare. That's <laughs> unbelievable. But, it, but that's what that that's what was so fun about dance and that time in Chicago because it was just like everybody had footwork and if you you they had footworking like. Um, groups and they will battle each other yeah. at the party. So it was kind of like in the 80s when you saw breaking, it was kind of <laughs> like that. Like, it, but it, in a way cooler way, but like they would like battle and then you would have to decide, like, oh no, how, you know, house arrest got you or no, whatever. Like, and people would like try to they best to get on these teams. And it was yeah. like, my favorite juking videos are when they have like somebody dressed up like Woody from Toy Story <laughs> or like Spider Man <laughs> dancing. And it's just like they're at like a birthday That's party. Detroit. That's Dude, Detroit. They're at like a birthday party. And then all of a sudden Woody's like, oh, I kind of know how to dance a little bit. Then it's like, Brrr, and you're like, oh my God, that is amazing. And like people are like blown away. It's so good. Was the, was, was Steppen before your time then too with like R. Kelly? He did that whole. What's funny is that it was for older people, but your mom. We'll we'll put you in stepping classes. So she's like, when you get a girl, you're going to have to learn how to step. So you better get in there to learn how to step. That was like we had that. We had dancing lessons in in the West Suburbs, too, where you had to like learn how to like 
what is it? The square, not square dance, but the, yeah. the box dance, like ballroom yeah. dancing. Yeah, my like, you're going to need to know this shit when you get older. My fondest memories is stepping because like a lot of people, um, at least my friends in my neighborhood, like sometimes you'll wake up on Sunday, right? And then you'll hear like breakfast cooking, but your, and your mom be playing like, T, you know, uh, like Tiana Marie, uh, Gladys Knight, like Patty LaBelle. You knew it was going to be mm-hmm. a good fucking day. And then you wake up and you go to the, you know, try to get some water and shit. Your mom just taking you. Y'all just start stepping <laughs> in the kitchen. So, like, a lot of happy moments are associated with stepping. And then a lot of your puberty for a Chicago kid on the south side is about juking. And yeah. you, like, really feel a type of way about it. So that Juke Jam record with Chance, that was like a well, very passionate record. Well, all the all the stuff you have here, obviously, is, is hip-hop friendly. But do you have... do you, did you get influence of the stuff that your mom played? Do you still listen to any of that stuff, like Gladys or anything from yeah, Motown era? Mary J. Blige, like okay. you know, my parents got divorced. It was a lot of uh, it was a lot of Lauryn Hill. <laughs> like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, but it was you as a kid, you'd be like, oh my, you got this like stuff. But as you grow up, you realize that a lot of that music could help you get through a lot of pain. And what do you, what do you think of Lauryn Hill? Like, because to me. For me, at least, and we've talked about it on the mm-hmm. podcast before, like mm-hmm. Miseducation is one of the greatest albums of all time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That, that's on the list for sure. I think when you look at it and how assertive she was on the album and like how thought provoking the album was, and or even just the Fugees and like her verses sure. in general on it, like she was very, very good. And I think what's fucked up is that like you could put an incredible album out. This thing with Andre 3000, like you could put an incredible album out. And then it's now you have to top that. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't think about that. Like, her second album. Oh boy. And her unplugged well, is like we'll talk about crazy. you're talking about the the US Placer song. Like there's a person who yeah. hit the top and was so broken. You know, look at Lauren Hill. I mean, look at yeah. like you said, Marty. Yeah, that, that, that follow up album, the unplugged. But also you got to think about like when you, how much it take to get there. Like yeah. once you get Shit. there and you you got your mansion, you got you got everything, you got the the model wife or the yeah. model husband. That's not the finale. That's the start. That's the start of you yeah. being like, I have taken care of what I want to take care of. Yeah. And now you're going through whatever mental shit that you have, and I think that's what affects most performance because there's not any therapy in the hood. It's not no. somebody going out to you like, hey man. Like I start realizing like a lot of the. the you know, people that you know, people in my neighborhood, they do some crazy stuff. Like, oh, you know that man's just crazy. Yeah. But we don't say it what it is. Cause I used to always, I used to make fun of depression. I used to think that shit wasn't real. I think that I was only allocated to white people to sure. say like, hey, I'm sad. Like to say, hey, I'm sad, sound like nuts to me. Just to be like, you know what I mean? Is there like emo? I mean, there has to be like emo rap where where it's kind of yeah. like they mix a good Charlotte in there. Yeah, no, Ju- no, Juice I mean, World, just like, <laughs> just fucking Juice it. World was kind of like that. He, you know how we we talked about this in in in, in uh, after Lincoln Lodge about like how much black people embraced the punk rock scene yeah and juice world um he did a sample of yellow card i don't Mm -hmm. know if you know what that band is and he did this thing called lucid dreams where he talks about some girl breaking his heart and Mm -hmm. he used the emo flow and then that's what that's how he got popping um he died unfortunately back in january but um due to an overdose but uh, that was going to be the start of that kind of thing, and, yeah. and, and and there's a lot of punk rock groups that that black punk rock groups that kind of keep that tradition going. Um, and I was always curious as to why punk music kind of stopped because if it did, like hip hop and punk music would have been toe to toe. Yeah, well, I always say in, in this program, like if if rock is going to come back, it's going to have to be a, like a, a black dude or a, a, a black band. Yeah, because I think it was like punk really. The reason I like Fall Out Boy is because I could, you know, Jay-Z found them first off when he was head of Def Jam. Um, and he really liked the band. And they was, you know, from here. They're from Chicago. Uh, Paul Boy passed on them. Passed on them. My Paul passed company on them. Passed Yo, man, on. you passed on Fall Out Boy? Yeah. Yo. <laughs> we made some good decisions and bad decisions in the 2000s. Wait, was that after they put out that first record? No, no, no. This is before they were. And uh, it was that whole punk scene. uh the the upper the upper echelon folks at Chusha Yo, you could have got twenty percent off of <laughs> under a cork tree, my G. Yo, we made a few bad decisions back in two thousand three. Like you like Fallout Boy. Are there any other bands that you hear that you're that like you know we um, wouldn't expect that you like? Yeah, just something like again, if you're able to tell a story, mm-hmm. if you're able to, and I love conceptual albums. That's why I like the Black Parade, My Chemical Romance. Because it, you really got engrossed to what they are as right. a unit, their purpose, what How they're saying. How old were you when that came out? That must have been like the perfect age for you. 
I definitely was either was like starting high school was or 2007, high school. right? Uh, oh, no, 2007. No, 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 maybe it was no, earlier. No, 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 oh, it was no, earlier. No. That was like 2002, I think. Yeah, you're right. My bad. Oh, no, it was, like, it was like right after yeah, 9-11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I was either about to go to high school or whatever. And I remember I would go to MTV and then I would yeah. be like, it's like, yo, why, why is it a parade? Why well, because you'd watch like Total Request Live and you'd have the hip-hop yeah. bands, the boy bands, the pop princesses, and then you'd get like... Uh, what did you think of like like corn or those type of bands? I didn't listen. If you if you had, I hated the the sound of guitar. And this is just me. You know, I'm not shitting on it, but I hated the when it when it's like really loud chun, guitar. Chun, 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 like I that, can't yeah. hear the rest of that beautiful music you have in the okay. background, and okay. that's why p- punk music was like okay. I could really hear the drummer getting off. I could yeah. really hear the bass getting off. Mm-hmm. I could really hear the singing. Like when you heard Fall Out Boy, he had a beautiful voice. It wasn't the quintessential Luther Vandross. Well, there are three piece, and there, there's not a lot of yeah. I, I, when you have too much crunch with corn and, yeah. and yelling and shitty music like corn is <laughs> no <laughs> i'm just i know marty i like to i'm just i know i know that, i know that's your jam but i don't no, think no 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 paul's being lip silly. biscuits his brand no, no i i have a there i i are there are aspects of new metal he that fucks I with corn that I, 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 think, I think we don't know how to listen to it just yeah. like how drake had us understand how to like uk drill yeah understand the lingo so, that they say. Well, it's just like, just like, oh, sorry, Paul. Cool. Like you said, like you're you're at like a, a party and they're playing like a juke jam. And, mm-hmm. then, and then it hits that certain point and everybody goes crazy. Yeah. Like that to me is is something like when we'll be at like the, like the Laugh Factory, I'll have a holiday party. Mm-hmm. And then they'll play certain music, and then all the black people are like, "Oh!" And it's just like well, clearly, this there's there's <laughs> something culturally yeah. and a connection that like when a song hits a certain point, I mean, like I'm sure you've been frightened to death hearing white people like with Sweet Caroline, and they're just yeah. you know <laughs> so good, so good. And you're like, "What is this?" Like, I was at the comedy shrine when that joke started because I remember it was like if you went to the comedy shrine, you know, it was like a bar next door to yeah. it, and I remember I was smoking. And I was just like, and they were singing it, and all I heard was touching me, yeah, touching you. I was like, what the fuck kind of song is this? Shit, creepy as hell. And then when they got to the bop, 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 I'm like, yo, what the fuck is this Sweet Caroline song? And that's yeah. where it kind of came yeah. from. Yeah, that's sure. what. Well, that's the that's thing. So funny. Those the things that you grew up on listening to, like, and I'm I'm kind of joking about it with Marty, but like, rock. Who the band like Rolling Stones, Beatles was in in mm-hmm. houses in Indiana where Marty grew up. So like new metal is kind of like your your brain auto- automatically starts to function and understand that shitty music that comes up after. You like that. the Beatles? No, I do. But I'm saying new metal for me was like hard to to listen to also because new metal, yeah, it's yeah. it's hard because it's like I don't know structurally the song ar- arrangements is like kind of off it's and all then over you're the place. Sc- you're screaming to the point where it's like. I man, you want to see a therapist? Like, I God, there's like screamo stuff where it's just this like, is, it's yeah. an extreme version so of rock. So wild. Whereas like hip hop is like an extreme extreme version, not extreme even, but like there has like the basses in R and B and 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 beats. And even like so if you look different. at country, like all country's not bad. It's just that sometimes you can hear a record and be like, that's not for yeah. my community. Do you think Old Town Road <laughs> is a country song? Absolutely. I think I think he really embraced what country is. I think he was serious about it. Yeah. Um, I think it's Billy, funny. There's clones now. There's new. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And there's some. Just, it's some one are, kid. It's real hit or miss. It's one kid that's good. He, he was on a, he was on BET Awards. He was a, like a legit country singer. I think that's the new method. Like really take back. Like you know. Yeah. Back in the day when Ray Charles was on the fucking road. Dude. On a bus. You know what I mean? Yeah. Going back there. Like I think that it should be more diverse in country. And I think that's why. Black people or the black community kind of backed away from it because we could you sometimes you just call a spade a spade. That's like, oh, this is targeted for yeah. that, and it is not including us. Um, false I, prophecies. Yeah. So to prelude that, that's not a word. <laughs> yes, <laughs> false, it is. You meant false prophets. False, false, false prophecy. No, false, false prophecy is a word. What do you mean? But what do you? It's say? like what's when the you false have prophecy? this false. But it's what's what, the prophecy that you're talking about? <laughs> well, people. <laughs> I mean, I know it's a real word. I just don't. <laughs> hey, Marty is like, come on, come on. <laughs> It's uh, it's when people tell you that hey, this is this is a new thing, but in reality, it's just it's just the same. It's just the same. It's yeah. all it, my great group. Don't try to question not, my way to. Is, is that real? Is that real? Marty doesn't no, like no, when no, I do the no, transition. No, 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 no. Well, yeah, it's all full circle. Oh, I see what you're doing. I'm not. Even, <laughs> I'm so engaged in this conversation that I forgot when when well, Paul said, said the false spade prophets. is a spade. I figured yeah. I'm like, oh, I can I can uh, transition. Was uh, it uh, another another one of my. Uh, more recent favorites, I think this guy's. This is J. Cole. J. Your Cole. last song on the list, J. Cole. Yeah, let me prelude that one so you can really, really, really you, like it. Before um, we push play. This is like a culmination of what you heard from like us places. So before we were speaking about 
uh, just about what the industry does to us. And then this one goes back into like your infancy. Like every like you know when you became a comedian, you saw one guy. And I remember when I was a kid. I was going to get some extra pizza that we had. I was like a fat kid or whatever. I was like, oh, my parents are like chilling, so let me get some extra pizza or whatever. And as I was walking, I saw uh, Chris, uh, not if I say Chris Brown, uh, Chris Rock's Never Scared. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I remember my dad just laughing in a way that I'd never heard before. And I remember through the crack of their door, because I couldn't go in, because like, this is grown people, they got cursing in here. I remember through the crack in the door, I was just staring at him. And he looked so powerful on stage. So I knew, like, it's so. After that, you just wanted to be that guy. You know what I'm saying? When I got the first time I got on stage, I was thinking it was gonna be like a fucking HBO special. Mm-hmm. When it was just barrels of laugh and Bill Brady just staring at me. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah, when uh, when um when I hear this song that you're about to hear, it really takes me back to like how much you really loved these people. And then when you actually got in the industry, you start to see that most of what you thought it was was a lie. And when I say that specifically, I mean like, oh, yeah, I really like this person, but all he does is cocaine and then talk shit about other people. Oh, yeah. I really like the industry, but uh, they're really looking for this type of people. For the record, when he said the talk shit and cocaine, he looked at Marty. No, and then when, no, he, no, no when no. he looked at when you talked about the industry, he looked at me. So I just want I just want the record. This is not clear. a sub. To, this is all like rich. These are the people. These are all your I know. heroes. I'm just fucking with you. These all are right. these are all the heroes. But it's like false so, prophets. So the question of that is, is that even though you know that, even though you know that shit, do you still want to be? Well, who are you after that? Right. And do you love it? All right. Let's hear a little bit. Somebody should have told me it would be like this. Be like this, be like this. Somebody should have told me it would be like this. Yeah, life is a balance. You lose your grip, you could slip into an abyss. No doubt, you see these niggas tripping. Ego in charge of every move. He's a this star. is uh, he can't look away. my favorite song on your mix. I definitely, oh, thank you. and I like the I like us placers too. But this one, I, I listened to it a couple times. Yeah, I'm like, man, this, this song, J Cole is just. He's one of those where I, I've been in like multiple Ubers where I'm like, what is this? Mm. Yeah. You know, like Shazam it. And it's like J. Cole. J. Every Cole, J. time Cole. I, I, I Shazam a song, that same th- thing, Marty, not in a, in a, um, I'm usually in a hospital elevator when I hear something. And I Shazam. In a SUV black uh, <laughs> at Uber X. I, don't, I have my own car. Yo, if you and, have a uh, clicked X, I'm sorry. But I, no, no, no. I, uh, every time I Shazam a song that I, I love, it just ends up being J. Cole. And I'm like, wow, I, I need to get more into him. And then you actually had a different song by him that mm. didn't make the list that you, when you change your list too. But, yeah, um, yeah. I thought this one was more fitting because he talked about Kanye in that first verse. Okay. So he was saying like, again, that's I mean, early in, in this the pod, song and false prophecy. In this song on the first verse, um, he was referring to, hey, I used to be a kid watching Kanye go on stage and do these you know if you have i went to the glow and dark tour like he was doing these godlike productions and he was just like this he was just a black man doing whatever the fuck he wanted he did dark twisted fantasy and had fucking ballerinas yeah dancing to his song it's just like you're giving Insane. us art you're giving us like all these like inspirations right. we could pull off of and and in j cole in that song he was like i'm one of those people but as i got closer to you i realized that all of this shit was a lie and then you know most of it is just like uh, you you know when people get really popping, they have a lot of yes men. You're important, so I would never I would never say anything to disagree with you, and that is a hindrance to the person because they will never know what the bottom is, what right and wrong is, or whatever the fuck it is. So they kind of spiral into this person. I think uh, uh, Jamie was Jamie Presley, Elvis's daughter. Uh, she said it best. He was just like Michael Jackson and Elvis have a different world. Nobody says no to Michael Jackson. Nobody says no to Elvis, even though fuck Elvis. But nobody ever says you know to these people so they have this like contained world where they're just this king you know what i mean mm-hmm. so uh he discusses that in the first verse um and then the second verse it was the inverse so in the second verse he was addressing like and everybody knows this where it's like a guy who's like bitter because he did he's not at the level he think he should be at in his time in his life um and he addresses that person that person was wale um who was just an excellent lyricist perfect person um well he's a dear friend of mine 
<laughs> nah. Now I've done Wale every year has this thing called Wale Mania at WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, and I've I, yeah I've he met really him. Loves he really yeah he yeah we've we've done a lot he of shows down. together. He was down. Yeah, and he was and he was addressing him saying like um, he was like man I you know people ain't telling me I'm like the best rapper nobody really fucking with me just in the large grand scheme of things and J Cole said this thing. Um, in the song, he had this one line where he was like, nigga, are you blind? Like, don't you see that you have fans yeah. that really fuck with you? Yeah. All you thinking about is everything else just yep. by what other people would think of you yeah. and giving you the credit. But you too blind to understand there's people coming to these shows that yep. really fuck with you on a certain level. So it, it humbled me in a way of being like. That's like to me, it's like when you're doing a, a comedy show and there's like not a lot of people there and comics will shit on the crowd. It's like these are the people that came to the show. Yeah. Don't fucking give them a bad show because a bunch of people didn't come. Right. It's like give them the best show you possibly can. Yeah. Or there's people in comedy who are like always like, well, what's next? What's next? And they don't enjoy the moment, moment the moment or or respect the fact that it's like, yeah, maybe there's 30 people at this giant club. But like give that 30 the best show you can. And, you, and they don't understand the beauty. I remember Jay-Z said this thing where he was like, I missed the process of being a, a rapper with something to prove. Like, you got to understand, like, when we go on stage, we could do whatever the fuck we want. Mm-hmm. And we're like two, we're only six degrees of separation from um, from being a celebrity. All we need is just one opportunity and mm-hmm. knock that bitch down. And then we're, and then all of that changes. So now when you get famous, now when you walk through the Laugh Factory, everybody is, they, they tense up. They, oh, you, you could give me that opportunity yeah. if you wanted to. You could, you could put me on tour. You can, you can, you know, um, give me an Instagram pic. I can get like 300 likes. Mm-hmm. And then, how you interact with people changes. Now you're a very defensive person. And then all you're thinking about is just that time where you can go up in front of 30 people and just do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Because you don't, you don't see cameras out and yeah. people recording on their phone and stuff. And it's just a... It's, 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 <laughs> your, your life changes as far as how you interact with people. So, um, And he was addressing Wale. To go back to the Wale thing, yeah. it's just like, don't... Don't understand like you mean everybody means something to somebody. No yeah. matter if you got five. What did Wale fans. say after the song? Did he was he like, oh yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. He he, he said he was talking about. Yeah, it. That's he didn't great. say too much that's into great. it, but he he's always been vocal about it because he's he is a good lyricist. It's just something, you know. what I mean, yeah. I think the industry is mad at him because he's so blunt. Um, but, is J Cole? No, oh, Wale. 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 Yeah. I think I, it, we, it's just something about it. But. I think much like me, he's, he's persecuted for being a wrestling fan. I think. <laughs> I feel like I'm the Wale of, of comedy, where it's like he's good, but like there's just something, you know. Does he have to talk I know about wrestling? All, I know every everyone show? muted me on Twitter because I talk about wrestling a lot back in the day. So it's like, okay, I didn't get those retweets. I need, I so needed and deserved. <laughs> man, I man, I don't know. Um, on the, <laughs> <laughs> I know in the third verse, uh, the third verse was was what made the song, and it was like he accommodates both of those things. He's he's understanding of like okay, the person I thought was God, who was like Kanye West to me, yeah, and understanding that people don't even appreciate what they got. What do we do it for? Mm-hmm. Do we do it for the art? Do we do it for the fame and the clout, or we do it just so people can worship us? Yeah. And he kind of it could let, change too as you're doing it for sure. And slide back and forth and everything like. And, I'm I, sure there are some people who got into music for, you know, one of those things. And then all of a sudden I was like, well, other things I like those this things even more. Show, I think those things show over time. Because you can understand somebody who likes the the art of the joke. Like I always say to you, like I remember like we did uh, Stand Up, Stand Up. And I just, you have a joke about this black porn that I just think is like, the, you, you weirdly enough, you have the best porn jokes. Oh, I would, thank you. Like I would write a porn joke, and I'd be like, I pride like, myself on my, my porn jokes. It is funny that uh, he's become the porn comic. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than when he was a wrestling comic, to be honest. But I, it, I never did wrestling jokes. I respect I it too much. <laughs> porn but you it, don't res- respect. But it's like it's like what do you? But honestly, like in the art itself, what do you want it for? Yeah. And then also, if if it, if you're saying I just want people to worship me, you will see that over time, or just acknowledge what you want out of sure. the art. Yeah. And I think that's what the track humbles me in a way of being like what do I like comedy for and then also what do I like screenwriting for what do I mm-hmm. like about sketches what do I like about just being an artist in general and what I need to express and what do I want out of it um, because again if we go back to us placers if I don't know what I'm in it for yeah. they're gonna place us yeah, for us yeah, and you can see somebody who's placed as opposed to somebody who knew what they wanted to do yeah, yeah, that was the mix I wanted to do. No, there that's that's a great way to look at things to, to to remember why you're doing the art, Marty. Listen, <laughs> that's that's directed at you. 
I'm, I'm in it this, for this, the, this uh, whole list was a sub yeah. at Marty. Oh, man, I feel... Uh, All right, this is just an intervention to tell you why do great. you do comedy It's a great anymore. way. You know, on intervention, they just read those boring letters. And, oh, and you sold my switch to buy drugs. This is great. This is like, hey, there's a song. And I, 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 I just for the record, you. so you guys know, Marty is wearing a, uh, a hoodie that says cocaine. So. <laughs> I didn't even know that was cocaine. And it's got, it looks like it's a package of cocaine. I mean, there's multiple, uh, multiple uh, Ziploc bags of cocaine. So there's, uh, <laughs> at the end of uh, a lot of the meme compilations, uh, they have these sweatshirt companies that are like all the rage. I will uh, wear that. Get on. your drip on, as they say. And uh, I am dripping <laughs> in this sweatshirt. So Sarah goes, uh, Sarah, my girlfriend, is like, I'll buy you any one you want. Like I said, okay, this is the one I want. And she's like, oh, no. Like, there was one that was all chicken nuggets that looked pretty great. But I was like, I want the cocaine one. And uh, I, I have literally no uh, clean T-shirts. I, re- I have to do laundry when I get home. So this feels real nice, just a la natural. And I put it on, and I forgot I was wearing it. And a lot of times I walk by people, and I get like double takes, and I'm like, and these ladies are feeling me today. And then I realized I was wearing a cocaine, cocaine. sweatshirt. Hey, it'll be hard, the, though. It'll that be in hard. the picture. Mario, you're yeah. going to be in the front for this you picture. Bet. Jarrell, where can people find out more about you and your hilarious comedy? Oh, man. And, uh, that sounded condescending. Yeah. Also, they're, Not they're at all. Very hilarious, hilarious comedy. <laughs> no, I, I, before, I, now, before Jarell, you say your story. I, I will say this. Uh, cr- a lot of comics uh, I've I've noticed after the quarantine have uh, gotten worse. You got better. Right. Because I, I did that just show with say, you. I did that show with you. At Zany's when it was like all, a lot of our first second shows, and you were you were great. Thank you, and I, I was just gonna say to and before the podcast started, uh, when you were in the bathroom doing cocaine, Marty Jarrell and I were talking <laughs> about. I remember his first show back, and uh, he he did well too at uh, comedy comedy bar we were at. It was like yeah. the first show everyone was back for the first time, and it was yeah. the first time in history where everyone comic went under their time. Yeah. Because I was like, all right, because <laughs> yeah. we're so, like, we were not, didn't realize that it's going to be a new normal. But, Jarrell, where can people find your hilarious comedy that is not? Why, why did you do air quotes? This is, <laughs> I am so sorry, Jarrell. I am so sorry. I think it's all those elevator, do- <laughs> hospital elevator jokes. <laughs> Jarrell, where's, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. It's Jarrell, J-A-R-R-E-L-L, the comic. And uh, also, you could do the same thing for Instagram. Awesome. Thank you, Jarrell. Uh, we are going to leave. Don't Paul sometimes is in, in a big-ass hurry to get out of here. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm I didn't not, know you had to. No, no, no. We, no, we, we went over time. Uh, we had mentioned the Fugees. And uh, whenever I think of the Fugees, I think of uh, Wyclef's solo album, mm. where he teamed up with The Rock. To no, give us this song called "It Doesn't Matter." <laughs> Thank you for listening to another edition of Make Us a Mixtape. My name is Paul Farvar. Marty DeRose, baby. Paul Marty Mix at gmail.com. Subscribe, like us, tell your friends.